Hello and welcome to this week's Politically Speaking podcast. I'm your host. I'm back. I'm Chris McDaniel, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Joining me today, he's actually live in studio. Marshall Griffin sitting in front of an actual microphone and not on the telephone. <laughs> you can hear him a lot better this week. And Jason Rosenbaum of the St. Louis Beacon. Joe's out this week. She's where is she, Jason? I believe she's in France. She's in but, tough life. I know. You know, us Beacon reporters, we go to France, we go to Italy. <laughs> we just live the high life. What can I say? <laughs> I'd do pretty good if I actually make it to the lake on a rare occasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pre- that's pretty good. Well, I was out in D.C. But, Marshall, you, you've been pretty busy. It's kind of like being in France, uh, almost as lucrative as, as being in France. You've been covering the Department of Revenue. That's almost as exciting. It's been very exciting <laughs> this week. Um, I, I can tell you this. I, I don't think I've seen um, senators – um, especially Kirk Schaefer, I don't think I've seen him as visibly angry as I've seen him in years past. I mean, not that he is a hothead, not not that um, you know lawmakers don't get excited at, at issues every year. He has year, an but... acerbic side to him. I witnessed that in 2008 when he ran for the first time, mm-hmm. and I mean that with all due respect and not an insult. But he can he can jab at people, but continue, Marshall. Yeah, uh, I he is. He is very, very upset with um, with the things that um, have been going on at the Department of Revenue and also with, as we learned yesterday, with the uh, Missouri State Highway Patrol. And when I say the things that have been learned, I'm not, you know, picking sides either. But uh, what I'm telling is that um, they were under questioning. Uh, they found out yesterday, and um, it was confirmed by Doug Nelson yesterday, confirmed by Colonel Ron uh, Replicle. I think that's the correct pronunciation, um, today um, that uh, the on two occasions the Missouri State Highway Patrol actually did forward Missouri's entire list of concealed carry uh, weapon endorsement um, uh, holders to uh, the federal government, specifically to the Social Security Administration, which was conducting an actual criminal investigation and had requested um, the, the database, the concealed carry database. Uh, the, the question is whether or not that was legal. Uh, Colonel Replicle says, as best as he can understand, yes, uh, it was legal and proper. They were assisting a um, an actual federal law enforcement agency with investigation. Um, th- and the uh, deputy director of the uh, Department of Public Safety, um, Andrea Spillers, I believe, I hope I'm getting her name correct, mm-hmm. um, uh, said yes. The we the way that it was handled, we you know we followed the correct procedure, the correct legal procedure for. Uh, revealing or sharing that list of concealed carry holders uh, to the federal government. Um, Kurt Schaefer and other members of the Senate Appropriations Committee absolutely not buying it. Um, they, 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 their opinion is that uh, they are mistaken in their interpretation of the law at best or are lying at the worst. So they're, they're, very, they're very unhappy and very um, you know, visibly unhappy with what's going on. Now, you've been following this probably closer than 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 at least I have. I was in right. Italy when the when the controversy broke. But from what I recall, didn't Department of Revenue officials when under questioned about whether conceal and carry information went to the federal government, didn't they deny that that was happening? Isn't this contradict previously what they had been saying? Um yes and no. It's uh, it depends on how you look at it. Uh, when when asked specifically is the is the uh, Department of Revenue, uh, you know, holding us in a database? 
uh, for the home the Department of Homeland Security for them they said no that is not happening and uh, you know they you know basically were truthful in that area as far as saying yes uh, we are holding we are taking and scanning this information and and saving it in a database but we're doing it as a means of being able to combat fraud and they cited a, a case in St. Joseph where a former licensed fee office worker had um, been making illegal driver's licenses for um, for people who are in the country illegally um, and said, you know, we were creating this database in order to uh, combat that type of fraud and that uh, this information is not being forwarded to the Department of Homeland Security. So in that, yes, they were they're telling the truth. And that's that was uh, kind of you know, known what this is. This is a different type of situation. Instead of um, information being sent to the Department of Homeland Security, uh, this involves um, the Highway Patrol, which is uh, not a part of the Department of Revenue, but uh, within a division of the uh, Department of Public Safety, mm-hmm. um, with the Highway Patrol um, giving the entire concealed carry list um, to another federal to agency. Another federal agency. But this, the Department of Revenue gave them this this list. They gave it to the Highway Patrol, who then gave it to the Social Security Administration. Yes, correct? yes. So, so I guess you could say yes. The Department of Revenue was involved in this one because they are the ones that uh, have the concealed carry list because the concealed carry endorsement is um, listed on the driver's licenses. So, yes, uh, the Department of Revenue actually was involved in this as well. Do you think that this, you know, I, I've been monitoring a little on Twitter in between the 10,000 other stories that I've been writing. It seems that, you know, Republicans and conservatives are making a really big deal about this. They see this as a violation of privacy, possibly breaking state laws you mentioned. Democrats, on the other hand, are saying, well, this is information that federal government likely already has. Why is this a big deal? It seems to me that the reason why it's become such a big deal is from, from at least from my faraway perception, these department officials keep kind of fueling the fire with their testimony and giving senators that are upset about this reasons to be even more upset. That's my perception. Is that kind of the reality down there in Jefferson City, or is it a little bit in the middle? I'd say maybe a little bit in the middle. Um, I will tell you this. um, The perception is that um, this is perhaps uh, some backdoor reach of the Obama administration making moves to try to eventually find out the names of all concealed carry gun owners in Missouri so that maybe someday in the future the federal government will come and take away their guns if the Second Amendment is ever repealed. Uh, that is the mindset of the, uh, the Republicans and those who are uh, alarmed about, um, about, this, about the list getting out there. They're thinking that this is another big government encroachment and that the uh, Department of Revenue and the Missouri Highway Patrol and um, whether by uh, deliberate whether by deliberate action or by um, passive um, non-action, uh, Governor Nixon endorsing this as happening. Um, you, you're already seeing uh, you know TV commercials popping up. Uh, WrongWayJ.com commercials are back on four hundred thousand dollar ad buy by United for Missouri. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so you know Governor Nixon is having to answer questions about this. He was asked about this today. I understand when he was uh, here in St. Louis uh, in the St. Louis area. 
a Turing tornado damage. I understand that he didn't um, have much to say about it. No, it was pretty much the same thing that he's consistently said throughout the other times. Uh, This one was a little bit different because he said, you know, we're here to focus on storm damage. We aren't here to talk about the Department of Revenue. But he gave he gave the typical we've been complying with all state laws. Everything that we've said is completely factual. And, you know, that was his statement on it. Well, something really interesting happened this morning um, before Colonel Replicle um, uh, began answering questions from uh, Senator Schaefer and the other uh, senators on the panel. Um, they, they're going, what they're doing is, of course, they're, they're going through uh, the state budget right now. And part of, and part of all this, uh, part of the equation here is um, if, if we don't get, you know, a- satisfactory answers with what's going on, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, complete, completely zero out the uh, budget for the uh, Division of Motor Vehicles and, and Driver's Licensing. Not the whole and, Department of Revenue, just right, that. Just but that's that. still a big deal. Very big deal. Because... Yeah. That's a pretty essential service that the Department of Revenue does. Mm. So, I mean, that's a pretty sizable threat and a big leverage on their part because they appropriate the money. If you don't have appropriation authority to do something, then you can't spend money on it. That's yeah. that's the that's why that's a big deal. All right. And uh, and let me get back to my point before I circle away from it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this morning, um, the. Uh, uh, excuse me, Senator Schaefer uh, wanted to uh, ask questions of Andrea Spillers and uh, was told, and I was in the room when, um, when, when this uh, occurred, um, was, uh, he was told that, uh, that Andrea Spillers would not be available uh, for today's hearings, that uh, even though she was expected to appear, scheduled to appear, said that she would be there, um, uh, was told, uh, no, actually, she will not be here after all. Uh, the reason why is because she is uh, touring tornado-damaged areas with Governor Nixon, and that Governor Nixon has specifically asked her to join him. And when when the governor asks, uh, you know, an underling in the state in, in a state agency to do something, you do it. But anyway, uh, so Andrea Spillers was uh, supposed to appear and testify um, as to um, you know the Department of Public Safety's opinion as to whether or not it was legal, whether they thought it was legal or not for the Highway Patrol to hand over the concealed carry list to the federal government. Um, and uh, she was conveniently called away by Governor Nixon, which uh, was, you know, this, this really infuriated and, um, and amazed, I should say, uh, uh, Senator Schaefer and the other senators. You know, it's like, oh, how convenient that the governor would call her away so that she cannot answer our questions today. Uh, they were very upset about that. So, you know, what's more, we, they weren't, you know, demeaning or trying to, uh, you know, belittle, you know, a natural disaster or, you know, uh, I'm not sure I'm getting the right word there, but, uh, yeah. but what, but they were saying, you know, this, this is more, you know, it's more important that she be here and answer our questions and that she be at a photo op where, you know, she's not really needed to be, you know, she, that, you know, they were questioning her need to actually be at the governor's side and um, said, you know, we, you know, what, we're going to have to extend these meetings, you know, possibly, you know, into Friday, and we're going to it's going to delay us, you know, doing these hearings, and it, it was going to mess with the schedules of a lot of uh, people that were on the committee. What what it came to the next question was, well, um, how 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 fast is the uh, the governor's new plane that uh, the Highway hmm. Patrol just spent five million dollars on? Can we get her back here? Um, and as it turned out, she, uh, I'd say within 20 minutes, was not only back in Jefferson City, but walked into the room. 
So she actually did show up to answer those questions. Oh. So, <laughs> so my wrap-it-up motion was premature. That actually was a, had this needed was to be This was the M. Night Shyamalan twist. I was not expecting for yeah, that. that. I guess that is a fast, <laughs> expensive plane. Yes, I guess and, it was worth all the money. Yes, or, <laughs> or, or maybe she was uh, – maybe she hadn't left left yet. Who knows? Who knows? Was sitting. But uh, anyhow Sp- – go ahead. Speaking of money uh, – well, I was just going to add one other thing. Uh, one of the questions that was asked of Andrea Spillers was, did the governor know about the highway patrol uh, giving this uh, the concealed carry list to the federal government? And she said, no, as far as, as, far as I know, the governor has no knowledge of this, uh, to which uh, Senator Ryan Silvey actually said, uh, do you think we are idiots? You know, that was his uh, literal uh, response to that. So This has been a pretty contentious political issue, and, and I don't think it's going to be going away anytime soon. No. Not at all. Nope. Not when the Republicans control the legislature. <laughs> but speaking of money, now my transition. Yeah, let's makes talk sense. about something that also isn't going to be going away anytime soon. Uh, this is something that I've I've been working on for you know about a month and a half here, and we we just you know released it to the public. Uh, we're starting a new project to keep track of all of the money that lobbyists spend uh, on our legislators for January and February. It was. $338,000, which is a pretty absurd amount of money considering it takes place in Jefferson City where it's not a very expensive place and it's only two months out of the year. Um, what's also surprising is that about 90%, over 90% of this was for meals. And I mean, Marshall, you you report in Jefferson City. You You probably know more about lobbying than I do, but it seems that the vast majority of it is spent on meals and it, meals and possibly uh, drinks, alcoholic beverages yeah. at those restaurants, which meals, can, food which can drive up a bill, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is in spite of the fact that legislators receive a per diem of one hundred and four dollars a day for every day that they're in session. Mm-hmm. That's for lodging and meals. Yes. I will. I will say, Chris, I was really glad that you put this in totality. Because I think too often that, you know, sometimes they just show one gift or, you know, somebody got cards tickets and point that out specifically. And that's by no means impugning anybody who did that. I'm certain that I did that throughout my career as well. But I think it shows that this is a this isn't something that goes to one party, Mm -hmm. one particular person. It's it's rampant. It's, it's everywhere. It is. It is. Systemic. And it's bipartisan. And it's bipartisan. But I will tell you, Chris, I mean, I, and this is just to kind of showcase how this problem this I don't want to say it's a problem because that's putting my own spin on it. But this issue has been basically the same for, for almost five or six years. Oh, yeah. I did basically the same story that you did for the Columbia Tribune in 2007, where I took all the all the data from the Missouri Ethics Commission, sliced and diced it, showed who had the most, mm-hmm. who who was given the most. Nothing has changed since then. Absolutely nothing. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon because there's no incentive for these legislators to, to pass their own bills. Putting something on the ballot will cost $500,000 to a million dollars. Yeah, who's going to bankroll the thing to say that you can't spend money on legislators? And I, I just see this as the status quo. I will tell you one thing. This has become a weapon to use against uh, political candidates who are running in political races. I think you saw that with Jim Lemke last year when he ran for re-election in the, the state Senate district. Now, the groups that were attacking Lemke for that weren't 
weren't trying to get rid of him because he took too many lobbyist gifts. They were trying to get rid of him because he opposed red light cameras. He was opposed to trial attorneys. He was opposed to tax credits. He was opposed to a lot of different uh, things that aroused the ire of some some pretty powerful interest groups. And if I can throw in, also opposed to accepting any federal dollars from Washington. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they, they saw how much money or the total amount that he had taken in gifts and used that as a way to attack him. Mm-hmm. And that has been used before in other campaigns because this information is public. It's easy to get from the Missouri Ethics Commission. Mm-hmm. And if you if you take in too many gifts, it can be a, 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 a used as a weapon against you in a campaign. But as I mentioned, they're using that as, as, a, as, a, as a target point. And I, I think that, you know, maybe some of these legislators saw that and maybe you're thinking, well, maybe – I should change my ways, but I mean, doesn't seem like it seems like from your reporting that's not across the board. Well, let's talk about one of the big problems. One of the big problems is out of the three hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars, seventy-five percent of it you don't really know where it's going. Only about twenty-five percent went directly to the legislators. Seventy-five percent of it went to committees Mm -hmm. and the general assembly. The problem with that is. One, it disperses the responsibility for that gift. And two, you don't know who actually received that it's gift. It's probably a lot of people. In fact, I think it I doesn't have to be, though. That's th- the thing. Yeah. You, let's say you invite the House Budget Committee uh, out for a meal. Mm-hmm. It could be only one member of the House Budget Committee, one or two members of the House Budget Committee, a, a committee of 30. Mm-hmm. You don't have to show any proof that all 30 of them were invited. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go to that one or two legislators that actually received the gift. Yeah. And I think that's that's definitely a possibility. I think also what happens is, for first of all, a lot of committee he- hearings are catered, and the, that catering is paid for by sure. lobbyists. There's a lot of instances where lobbyists will set food in a particular office, and people will line up and take it, basically, mm-hmm. be it legislators or staff, marshal probably has seen this. There was a there was a pie day at the Capitol that was sponsored by the Trucking Association. Right. That that sort of thing usually gets tacked on to one or two legislators. So but but the, this thing of concealing gifts, that's also been an issue for a long time. And in fact there used to be a system in Jefferson City with caucuses and the caucuses were basically used as subterfuges to do exactly what you mentioned. And it seems now, I was looking at the House website yesterday, they've started these like issue committees yes. or something. Are those also being issues. are yes. those also being used yes. as well? At, at least one of them has received donations. Uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it, it but it involves Republican leadership that serves on it. I think it's a, maybe a 12 person. Yeah, and because there when they passed a ethics bill in 2006, making sure that caucuses couldn't take gifts as a caucus was a big selling point of that of that legislation and it seems that if those issue committees are taking lobbyist gifts that would kind of go around the spirit of that law i don't i'm assuming it's not illegal or anything like that but that did strike me as as circumventive is circumventive a word yes it is oh it yeah. did seem that because i that i was actually not to not to date me, but that 2006 was when I was with the Columbia Missourian at, at J School, just like I'm sure you were at J School. And I remember that debate pretty vividly. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, Tom Dempsey was the sponsor of that bill when he was still House Majority Leader. So I'm, yeah. I'm assuming he's not going to set up a series of those in the Senate because that would be 
probably going against the spirit of that bill. But so, but it, it's it's a really it's a really it, it's good to graphically see and to be able to go down the line to see how much these these legislators are taking. It's only probably going to grow, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, unless something unless something can be agreed to and passed, which I don't see happening anytime soon. It's it's almost a system of if it's not if it's not broke, don't fix it. Or maybe in this case, right. if it is broke, leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> depending on your depending on your uh, which side right. of the table you're sitting on there. Um, and w- one interesting point as well, it, this conversation brought to mind. Um, the redistricting um, battle between the the House and Senate Republicans a couple of years ago. I happen to remember that uh, I believe it was the House Republican Caucus had a, a meeting that night. I, I want to say it was the caucus and not a, a particular uh, actual committee um, mm-hmm. from the House. Um, and their meeting was at Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather interesting. So that brought to mind, well, okay, who picked up the tab there, you know, for holding a, a caucus meeting at uh, at a local restaurant? <laughs> and uh, and there's been a couple of committee meetings this year that have been held at the Jefferson City Country Club. Yeah. So that's that's or at least have been scheduled to. I believe one had to be canceled for some reason. But uh, but yeah, that that's uh, that very much is going on. Well, we we detail literally every gift that a legislator has received from a lobbyist. You can go to stlpublicradio.org/news/lobby. And you can check it out, uh, check out that interactive graphic. But, Jason, we got to talk about Medicaid, don't we? Yes, we do. Because there have been some developments this week. There's been a lot of developments. Too much going on this week. And I, I'm sure Marshall has has also seen this as well. Um, first of all, it and I just, I just have discovered this in the last few hours, the DISH payments that were going to be cut to hospitals apparently have been delayed if I'm not mistaken, until 2015. I believe that's correct, yes. So, okay, that probably halts the the urgency of this debate a little bit, but it corresponds with the news that kind of broke earlier in the week um, that the Senate really is not going to pass anything involving Medicaid this year. Um, You know, John Lamping, although he is not in leadership, and is only one senator told me very, very directly that they're not going to pass Nixon's 138 percent expansion. They're not going to pass a House reform bill. They're not going to come up with their own reform bill. The issue is pretty much dead until 2014. And, you know, for people who know the composition of the Missouri General Assembly, none of this is surprising because it was always going to be tough to get this through the legislature. But the fact is, when the Senate or at least one senator, and I'm sure his sentiment is not a, an abnormality. Um, it's, it's not. When, when, when they say that, it's pretty much, pretty much over. Well, you know, it, it's not even guaranteed that it's going to get out of the House either. Um, there was, when, it, uh, when Jay Barnes's um, alternate Medicaid proposal, which is basically a smaller expansion, um, when, that, when it passed the committee, there were two no votes. One of the no votes came from uh, a Republican on in fact, the vice chair of that committee actually voted no against this. Uh, he ba- he equated it to, you know, well, this is still, you know, for, for all practical purposes, Obamacare. So, I mean, it, this it may not even get out of the House. So it will I guess we'll know for sure in a, in a few weeks as uh, as time ticks. And I know we're, we're, we're kind of running a little bit long, but I do want to make this point that was kind of encapsulated in my Tuesday story, because I think it's it's actually quite important. Um I've said for weeks, if not months, that one of the biggest reasons why I don't think Medicaid expansion will will pass is because some people who opposed even 
smaller Medicaid expansions in 2008 and 2009 have moved from the House to the Senate. And one of them is Rob Schaff of St. Joseph, who I talk about a lot and sometimes feel like I'm talking about him and trying to, trying to and, you know, over-exaggerating his power. But he was part, mainly responsible for derailing Governor Matt Blunt's Insure Missouri. He has derailed a federal prescription drug database. He has shown that if he is opposed to something, he is very good at killing it. And he said this week on the Senate floor that no Medicaid expansion would, would happen unless it is paired with either very stark changes or outright elimination of the Certificate of Need program for hospitals, which, by the way, will almost certainly never happen because hospitals will fight that tooth and nail. When you put that condition to it, it should give pause to people who want any sort of Medicaid expansion that if he has other people with him, he has three, four, five other people with him, anything that is related to expansion is going to be filibustered indefinitely, even if they come to a consensus. So even if this doesn't happen next this year, this happens next year, I, I, I think there's still going to be a fight if they try to expand Medicaid based on the statement that he made and... Uh, he, you know, it, it's it's and it's not just that. It's also just other senators don't want to be perceived as going along with the Affordable Care Act, which they've opposed for a while. So that combination of things just makes it very difficult right now for, for this to pass. But it's an important issue. There will be, even though the dish payments are apparently being delayed, it's still something that would affect Missouri hospitals tremendously. So, and, and I think that will uh, will definitely uh, give give uh, everyone an excuse, at the, you know, on the House and the Republican side to say, you well, well, there's the urgency is gone now, or at least pushed back some. So, I think that will that will definitely embolden uh, the Republicans to uh, to to not go anywhere with uh, Governor Nixon's uh, desired Medicaid expansion, or even. Uh, Representative Barnes's uh, smaller uh, version of that. If, if if the pressure's off, that's 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 basically a green light to focus on other issues. And there's with uh, just five uh, weeks uh, left and counting uh, effective tomorrow, um, that's that's probably going to get shoved to the side. Well, that should just about do it for this week's show. Thanks for joining us all in studio, guys. Um, you can read all of my stories at stlpublicradio.org and Marshall's stories, too. Marshall has had a ton of stories going up this week. Feels oh, like a ton. <laughs> yeah. It, he's, he's been working all the hours. And you can read all of Jason's stories at stlbeacon.org. You can follow me on Twitter at, at @csmcdaniel. You can follow Jason on Twitter. At Jay Rosenbaum. And you can follow Marshall on Twitter. Marshall G. Report. And just one quick announcement. I know if you've come to the end of this, you are really a politically speaking fan. We are now on <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We are now on iTunes. So yes. if you go to stlpublicradio.org and mm-hmm. you go to the part where it says podcasts, you will click on that and you will see politically speaking and you will have the chance to subscribe. I know that uh, Sean Nicholson of Progress Missouri personally asked me about this a few months ago. Just to show that we are all about customer service here, <laughs> we can now say that it, we are on iTunes now. Yes. We should we should thank Madeline Painter, who works here at, at San Luis Public Radio, for making that happen. Uh, yeah, it's, subscribe. It's, it's, it's subscribe. great. There's no reason for you not to listen all the way through now. So <laughs> You can listen to the Beatles and to uh, St. Louis Public Radio's politically speaking podcast now on, Apple on iTunes. Well, we'll be back next week. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, so long. Subscribe. <laughs>